welcome to the Happiness Contribution Show with me, your happy host, Rosaria Cirillo. On the show, we talk about the various roles happiness plays in our individual lives and in business, and about the benefits that being happy brings. And we share knowledge and practices about what contributes to our happiness. Join me and my guests on this happiness journey together and get involved by visiting our website at happinesscontribution.com. Welcome to the Happiness Contribution Show. I'm your host, Rosaria Cirillo, Italian and living in the Netherlands since 20 years with my Dutch husband and two boys. Um, energy, enthusiasm, passion and love and learning are some of my strengths and I spent the past over 20 years in various customer experience roles and I'm a certified um, cert um, customer experience professional, happiness trainer and laughter yoga teacher. I'm a speaker speaker, author, and trainer and corporate advisor on all things customer experience and happiness. And I love to evangelize the role that the science of happiness and well-being have in business and in life. In the Happiness Contribution Show, we share knowledge and practices about what contributes to our happiness and how we can contribute to other people's happiness as individuals and as business leaders. And after three months hiatus last week, I started again with a solo episode, while today we finally go back into our most common format, which is trailblazer or happiness interviews. And in today's episodes, I have the pleasure of interviewing Huda Dortland, which is a mental fitness coach, certified life coach, and happiness trainer. And as usual, before I bring up the um, guest, I love to share a bit more also about how um, this new connection came into my life. And I first met Uda um, as a, a fellow happiness game facilitator. So we were in that community. I then discovered that like me, she was also um, the part of the HSA community, the Happiness Studies Academy. She was training there. And first we met virtually and then in person in Antwerp at the Happiness at Work conference last June. We, there was an immediate click, so we became accountability buddies after the summer. We started having weekly calls to keep each other um, motivated to, to do our work. Um, and then in November and December, which uh, if you have listened to my solo episode, you know where the hardest time of my life would have stepped in and actually helped me as a mental coach and really uh, supported me in the um, practices of EFT. Uh, which we'll tell you all about in this episode. So without any further ado, let me finally introduce you to our special guest today, Huda, welcome! It's so nice to be here. Good to see you once again. Welcome. So the first question, tell us, who is Huda? I didn't say much more than just uh, your title, so please tell us, who is Huda? <laughs> You know, actually, um, I always fear this question because uh, I think it's one of the one of the easiest, and sometimes also it's one of the most difficult questions we can ask ourselves, right? Yes. Who am I? So, um, yeah, I think I've answered this question many times before, and it's always a different answer. So, um, well, I came to the definition that I am. Uh, of course, I am a woman, a mother, a wife. Um, I like to see myself as a person who explores life to the fullest, 
curious and open to the world. Um, seeking to help others and finding meaning and purpose in this life and um, enjoy the process while we're continuing this journey. So um, yeah, that's a little bit of uh, my who am I definition. And, and then what do you do in, in, the, in the daily life? So what does it mean? Yeah, so what I do, yeah. Um, well, as you mentioned, as my title, I'm a mental fitness coach. Um, I help individ individuals and um, people in organizations. So my main focus the last year, last year was especially with uh, healthcare professionals because of my background being an emergency nurse. Um, the main goal is actually really helping people uh, find resilience and strength and learning them how to use their mental capacities for them instead of against them. So our mind is very powerful. We all know that. And um, yeah, there are many, many challenges in our lives personally. There are many things happening in the world. People feel those challenges. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stress and we hear a lot about it in the news. Uh, but there's actually something we can do about it, about changing uh, how our brain functions. So uh, this is what I focus on, really helping people using their brain uh, to work for them and not against them. And you're also a certified happiness trainer, so... Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, what is your definition of happiness? Well, um, I think I would define happiness as um, a state of well-being. And um, then we'd also have need to define what is well-being, right? And for me, this really means... Um, like they taught us in the curriculum, focusing on the basic elements of physical well, well-being. It's also about the mental capacity. So mental and emotional well-being is also training our intellect, uh, having good relationships uh, in the world. And um, yeah, I think using all those elements together um, defines uh, the state of well-being. And I also find it, it's more of a process. It's something we go through every day until we die. Mm -hmm. So it's not something we seek for. It's really something we have to embody and um, find the small things in every day, in every moment of presence. I believe we can find joy and happiness. Uh, if we pay our attention and our focus um, on it. So, yeah, you mentioned Tal Ben Shahar, indeed, our teacher in the Happiness Studies Academy and also our, our guide and, and mentor, and inspired also by his uh, study and uh, the five elements of well being you mentioned. I created also the Sunflower of Happiness. So, yeah, my next question would be what contributes to you, to your happiness, so what I call the yellow factor inward? How do you recharge your happiness and well-being? Well, first I want to compliment you on the sunflower. Uh, I love it. 
and I love the way uh, you used uh, the elements because uh, it is also a really nice definition about the whole being and the well-being experience and happiness. So for me, my personal values high in the hierarchy is health. For me, my health is truly my wealth. It's really important for me. So I like it that health is actually on the top of the sunflower. So it really resonates with me. Uh, the other thing is um, simplicity really resonates with me because uh, I use this a lot in my trainings when I work with people. Um, understanding how our brain functions and works uh, can be quite uh, a difficult science. And still, there are a lot of things we are actually discovering. It isn't easy. But I think my, one of my strengths is, is uh, I like to simplify things, you know, because um, it helps us to make better decisions when we understand what's going on in our minds. So... Um, and I also find that simplicity even consumes less of our energy. So it actually contributes to our mental health because the simpler the things, the less effort uh, also we need to do with our uh, uh, mind. Exactly. And that's a really good point you're mentioning there because actually when we're doing the, real, doing the hard work, you know, uh, our demanding jobs, but also in our personal life, um, the energy goes down really fast, actually, when we are really concentrating and focusing. So this is also something I teach. And um, when we understand what we're doing and how our brain works, um, it really makes we're getting into the state of flow. You know, it makes it more easier for our brain to function and it uh, boosts our performance as well. So, yeah. Um, that's the simplicity part I resonate with. And of course, when I was looking at your sunflower, I also saw some personal challenges. It's not like, of course, this is my study. This is my work. And this is truly something I breathe in and out on a daily basis. But I'm also a human being with uh, personal challenges. So it was also a bit of a confrontation when I was looking at the flower. So if you, um, my two, I think the two, um, Items on your sunflower um, I need to work on a little bit more is probably the play part. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And even though people would say, I, I, I love to enjoy myself, I love to go out, I love to have, to make fun, I love funny people. Uh, and yeah, sometimes we can get, can get cut up in our works, right? And we actually forget to play. So, um, yeah, this is I'm going to write it down on a post-it and put it on my computer and um, use it as a daily reminder to play some more often, uh, also with my children and uh, my husband, uh, uh, the people I work with. So this is something um, really important also for our well-being. Absolutely. And it's really funny also that you mentioned it because I see that this is coming back more and more often when I share this sunflower. It seems like play is often what most people feel like, oh, but this is what the one that I'm doing the least. 
Uh, and, and for me, one way to easily reintegrate play in my life has been with laughter yoga. So like starting the day with the laughter has been the easiest way. And just this morning, I was actually uh, singing and dancing in the shower. I was thinking, actually, I, I would like to ask to my network, how often do we actually do that? Because I catch myself doing it. And I say, why don't I do this every day? Because it's such a simple way to be playful, but somehow, yeah, something so simple, we end up not doing it. So I'm curious now, do you sing and dance uh, in the morning while brushing your teeth or doing the shower? Is that something you already do? Don't tell anyone, right? But actually, uh, well, when I start to sing, uh, everybody starts to complain in the house. So uh, <laughs> I recognize that, which I guess Still. that's probably why we stop doing it, right? <laughs> yes. But, um, well, actually, uh, when you mention it, well, um, I start the day with music, um, actually, not right at the moment, but. Uh, after I do my moment of silence, I start my day with a short meditation. And the minute I hear the children waking up, I start the music. So when they come down or when we're sitting at the breakfast table with each other, there's always music on the background. And it really helps just to start your day in a really good vibe and a good mood. And it also helps the kids to wake up really slowly because I'm quite of a day person. I can get really energetically quiet. And I notice I have two sons and they are like more of the, just let me wake up slowly. And then I use music and then it really helps us to connect and start the day in a really happy vibe. And um, yeah, so there's always music in the house. I think this is really important. It's also helps our brain to uh, connect more um, using more high energetic vibrations. It lifts up our mood. It gives us, you know, also it helps also with our performance, you know, and um, yeah, so music is a big part. Um, so you are doing that and that's also a way of play. So you actually are doing it already. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am, I am. But maybe, well, you're absolutely right, but now I have to do it more intentionally. So yeah. that's it. Yeah, you're right. And uh, it's often, I know one of the things that I love also from Tal is that the difference that it makes to just do things or yeah. to do them, knowing that they are good for you and that you are doing them intentionally, that also makes a difference into impact that they actually have on your well being. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for reminding me uh, of that item. Yeah, I have, to, I have to do it more intentionally because it's, it's a habit and sometimes we forget. Um, yeah, we have to also thank ourselves for the good habits we have, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, we dance as well. So if uh, somebody calls me up and would you like to dance, I'm always in for it. So, uh, <laughs> which I, I, I may take you up on that for going south. <laughs> I've been looking for a long time for somebody to go south. <laughs> because, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a great dancer or anything, but I don't care. And <laughs> when I dance, there is, I get in this flow state. And I don't, I forget about the world. I forget about everything around me. And it gives me a lot, lots of, lots of joy. And um, it also, you know, knowing the benefits of the mind-body connection, right? So 
uh, your mind relaxes because your body is really moving. Um, yeah, so um, dancing. I know, I know we need to make an, uh, a, a dancing date. And, uh, and actually, I'm thinking we are both going to Como in, uh, in March. So yes, we are. are. Yes, we to dance the queue in Italy. Let's do that. Let's, Let's find the dancing place in Como during the World Happiness Summit. And, and before closing on this sunflower, the next question is, how do you contribute to other people's happiness? Which one is your favorite petal to contribute to other people's happiness? Well, um, of course, as a mental fitness coach and also as a happiness trainer, I think um, I'm looking for the people's true self, you know, because uh, there are many layers. So I think autonomy also plays a big role Part. And I think one of my strengths is to really connect. So it's, you can find it more in the empathy part of the sunflower. But for me to people to help them move forward, um, I think autonomy is really important. Autonomy gives us freedom, a sense of control, uh, the way how we control our, our minds, our thoughts, our emotions and actually it's not me who's changing the people the people are really changing their, themselves actually and I'm just their guide and their coach to just help them become aware of the things they are not able to see uh, at that moment so um, yeah for me a really big part of uh, bringing joy and happiness to other people's lives is really Give him the authority, the autonomy, um, uh, and also the confidence to be to show their true self. Yeah. And which I can say I, I can recognize and uh, and and I, I say attest to um, that you actually did it also with me because mm -hmm. if I think for me one of the most critical moments in the in the last few months I, I, in the overall entire sickness of of my husband was but whenever I had those critical moments that I could go in an autonomous way to actually using EFT. And mm -hmm. that really, I feel now that I'm in the recovery phase, it really saved me because it allowed me to, um, uh, to face those critical emotions in those critical moments. And I came, came out of those months in a in less traumatic way than in previous hard time in my life. So what is EFT, uh, Huda? Tell us a bit more about that. Um, well, like you mentioned, um, you went through some really hard challenges the last couple of months, and uh, you've experienced a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, you were in a stressful um, state. So EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques, is a really powerful um, technique that uh, can help you deal with um, the emotions that overwhelm you and um, make you feel stressed. Uh, and also um, it helps you to gain control over your emotions, your thoughts, and also your belief system. So for example, like you mentioned, you're going through this difficult period and 
we are so used to analyze and talk about uh, the difficulties or the challenges or the frustrations we have, but we actually forget to tune in uh, and really get in touch with our body and uh, sense um, what we are feeling in that moment when we are feeling challenged. And our body actually communicates with us. You know, it communicates, uh, communicates from outside in and from inside out. And uh, everybody knows the feeling like uh, when they fall in love with somebody, the butterflies that they start to feel in their stomach, right? This is our body who's communicating and you feel this excitement and these really pleasurable emotions. Well, the same thing happens when we're dealing with difficult uh, times and we all have those challenges in our lives, including me. And there isn't a human being in this world spared of any hardship. So this is a part of life. And um, but in the busyness of today, we sometimes forget to tune in. And we forgot how to how our body really communicates to us. So with EFT, we use that knowledge of the body and the emotions to release the triggers and the emotions that are actually stuck and holding us back. Um, using certain um, points in our body, for example, uh, with EFT, we use meridian points to activate the relaxation response in our body. So actually the thing that is holding us back, the stressure, it may be fear, it may be resistance, it may be anger, it may be frustration. Whatever it is that's bothering you, it really diffuses because at the same time when you're really focusing on something that is stressing you, you're actually activating another part of your brain that's telling you, you can calm down, you can relax, it's safe. And uh, I really like it because um, it also um, gives people the autonomy because they're doing the work themselves. It's me as a coach, I am guiding you, I'm uh, teaching you the principles but it's a collaboration. It's not like you're going to uh, the hairdresser and you can just sit down and relax and just let it happen, right? It's really you have to do the work to make it work. And this is an important part also with EFT is that, um, yeah, it's like riding a bicycle. When you're starting to ride a bike, you have to do it and try it many, many times, practice it on a daily basis, for you to really feel the benefits of EFT. So sometimes uh, people have immediate results. I think uh, I can remember a session we had between the two of us and you had these remarkable insights and really good results and you could feel it uh, on a rational, but also uh, and I could also see it on your face. You were completely relaxed and you know, um, uh, feeling really good when we ended the session. And sometimes it takes a bit more, you know, um, uh, especially when we, um, every stressful pattern we uh, go through in life is um, based on previous experiences, right? 
So um, it could be that you had a rough childhood or something or a difficult school period or maybe your parents had a divorce or some other hardships you went through. And if you haven't um, really followed process, yeah, thank you. If you haven't really processed those uh, traumas and stressful events in a good way, then yeah, later in life, they can give you uh, difficulties, right? And this is what we see nowadays. Many people are feeling stuck, are feeling stressed. And unfortunate part of it, I think many of them also have traumas and not even realizing that they have a trauma. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is what research is telling us lately. More and more evidence is coming out that many of us have some traumas we still have to deal with. And EFT also really helps um, with releasing those traumas and finding um, a state of peace and love and relaxation again in your life. So you can really move forward and... um, find more happiness and joy again in your life. So, uh, yeah, I love it. And for me, what I also love of the EFT is the flexibility. So, uh, I, and it's also always funny, like sometimes when you he, you need to learn a lesson in life, it keeps coming back to mm-hmm. you. So I start to really hear more about EFT last year. Uh, so first during a course in June, it was presented to me as a way to increase my motivation. So just focus on, on, on bringing in more motivation by activating the various points. In September, I use it during a laughter yoga get together as a way also of connecting to ourselves and, and connecting to each other and start the day in a positive way. And then with you, we actually worked through real stressful emotion. And what I noticed, and I think it's probably the same session you're referring to, that for me, I was able to go from being completely upset to certain messages actually from my husband in that entire situation to feeling also completely his perception and his view and changing that resentment within an hour session to actually love and compassion and then being able to interact with the other person in a completely different way. And I did that with you guided but then later on when I had again uh, uh, conflicts with the nurses or just things that triggered my stress that I could go quickly myself through all the steps and with the autonomy that you mentioned earlier it, it gave me some feeling of control over my emotion as well as processing them so do you want to give us a bit of a more concrete example of what are the steps uh uh and anything else that you think it's easy, easy enough to share within a few minutes? Yeah, I would love that. And uh, maybe we can do uh, maybe a small tapping sequence together. So we can really give uh, your viewers uh, and listeners um, uh, an insight. It's, it's what it uh, means, actually. So what we do with EFT, like I said, we are focusing actually on the emotion that is holding us back. Uh, we experience as painful or difficult. So to make it easy, it could be something like fear or um, anger or sadness, right? And um, what we then do is we identify a situation where you have felt the anger, the sadness or um, um, the difficult emotion. 
And then I'm just going to ask you just to score the emotion, actually. So really, so I'll give you some time to really think about it and just to feel, actually. We're not going to think too much about it, but really start to notice, it. are there any sensations you are feeling? And just rate them between 0 and 10. And then we just start a tapping sequence, actually. And it begins, actually, by tapping on the side of the hand. And what we do, actually, when we start to tap, is that our body starts to relax while we're actually focusing on the emotion that is actually triggering us. So first of all, we always start on the side of the hands. And I'm just going through the points right now with this, without uh, really stepping into a situation. And... It's always when you mention it, like I said, you start with mentioning the emotion you're dealing with, you're finding difficult, you rate it on a scale from zero to 10. And sometimes it also helps if you can really tune in your body to feel maybe you're feeling something in your stomach, or maybe you feel this heaviness on your chest. And you can also mention this while you're tapping. So to mention an example, like, I really feel angry right now about, and then you just state the thing that you're angry about on a scale of eight. So I'm really, really angry right now, and I feel some heaviness on my chest. So this could be a really good starting point. And we always finish the starting line with an acceptance phrase. So something like, even though I'm feeling this angry, I still accept myself exactly as I am. Right. And then when we finish the starting line, we just start to tap on top of our heads really gentle. You don't need to tap our heart. And you do this like five to seven times. And then you start tapping on the beginning of the eyebrow, also five to seven times. And every time you tap on a particular meridian point, you just mention the emotion that is really holding you stuck. So in this case, I was mentioning my anger. So I just repeat my anger. And the next point is really underneath the eye. And I just repeat the same sentence again, my anger. And sometimes I could get, add in, I feel the heaviness on my chest, my anger. And then underneath the nose, my anger. Five to seven times. And then on the chin, my anger. And then there's a topping part here on the collarbone. And again, you mentioned the painful emotion and the, the bodily sensation. And the last point is underneath your arms, about like a hand width underneath your armpit and just a gentle tap underneath the arms. And then you can relax your arms again. And then you, what I usually do is just ask the people I coach just to close their eyes and just lower their heads a little bit and just tune inward and then just trying to remember the difficult situation again so they can tune in if this emotion that's holding them back the painful emotion is still there yeah and sometimes it dissolves completely and just run round and sometimes you need to repeat the sequence a few times so at the end you want to have experience a complete neutral um, view of the stressful events 
So it no longer triggers you in the now. Because the main goal is you are going through a difficult time. You have a, a stressful situation. You have all these sensations and all these feelings about the situations, but you're actually experiencing in the now, right? While maybe something happened years ago. And it has no benefit. It's actually really holding you back. It's, um, it, all, it only makes you small. It keeps you really constrict. It really keeps you fixed, you know? So um, it doesn't, on the one hand, does it make sense? Why is that? That uh, situation in the past still triggers us in the present moment, right? So we really are working on to dissolving the painful emotions from the past so that they no longer play a role in your present life. And it really makes you yeah, like the name says, maybe it's a bit corny, but it's really emotional freedom is the main goal of this technique. And um, uh, many people find it really beneficial. And as a mental fitness coach, I also use other modalities that come from positive psychology or positive intelligence. So uh, neuroscience. Um, so I use different forms, but... EFT for now definitely is one of my favorite because it has many, many benefits and you can use it with uh, mental, emotional problems, but also with physical problems. Uh, uh, lots of chronic illnesses uh, when people are in pain, it really works on um, also performance issues. So uh, even for those high achievers or uh, sports uh, men and women, also, it can help you use EFT to gain more confidence, improve your performance as well. So it has many, many uh, uh, benefits and uh, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. And I'm a fan too. And I'm really, really thankful to the and to you for having supported me also in that difficult time with it. So thank you for it. I would have so many more questions, but we already are at the final minutes of our show. warm. <laughs> We go to the rapid fire questions before going to the final nugget. So okay. quick questions. Which book changed your life? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, uh, probably, I read the book from John Strelecki, The Big Five for Life. And um, it just hit my heart. It's really emotional. And it's all about the power of contributing uh, living a life with meaning and purpose and leaving a legacy. So, uh, yeah, for me, that was a really uh, powerful book that started off my journey. I think I read the book 12 years ago, but maybe it was a, yeah, a good starting point for me to really see um, that life can give us so much more than we are uh, doing right now. Yeah. Something that people often get wrong about you. <laughs> <laughs> well I always say I'm not perfect you know people uh, I do compliment me well you've done many things you've achieved so many you're always super fit you're always you know really motivated really dis uh, disciplined but uh, it takes hard work you know it takes a lot of effort and it's not always easy so um, uh this is what I try to explain to people is uh, you have to be dedicated. Uh, you have to uh, find your Northern star 
to live according to your values and uh, just do the work, you know. And uh, so, no, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I have my thoughts and human beings. Everybody else, yeah. A snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you through joy. Oh, a snapshot. Well, like, my, I think my guilty pleasure, um, and actually I don't think anybody knows this, but what really gives me joy is just a stare at my children, you know, when... Uh, they have no notion so it could be while they're sleeping or it could be uh, while they're playing or uh, yeah my youngest is the one who sings in the shower and he I, I don't think he, he knows that I'm actually really listening at that moment so these are the things that really uh, yeah give me joy and pleasure throughout the day yeah filling the blanks to me happiness contribution means Well, contributing um, to the well-being and happiness to others. So it's one thing to uh, find the joy and happiness uh, in ourselves. It's really a starting point. But then we have to change the I and the you in the we. And I think for me, this is really important to uh, close the loop, you know, to find the True happiness is shared happiness. So, I guess the next question, I'm wondering if this is also the answer to the next questions, which is what can we still do as individuals and as leaders to increase happiness contribution? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, I like to keep it simple. Well, so it's those micro daily habits or rituals that contrib contribute to our own well-being as to the well-being of others and I think uh, the easiest and one that has changes changed my life and my children's and my husband's life uh, significantly is um, gratitude showing appreciation and being grateful for uh, on a daily basis so this is like a really small exercise it just takes a few minutes And for us, um, I usually ask it uh, after we finish dinner or when I bring the kids to bed. We just, I just ask them the simple question, what are you grateful for today? And I always ask them to mention three things. And um, yeah, it really changes your mood. So it also changes... Uh, how we how our brains get wired you really change the structure of your brain you get more optimistic and you start to think more positively and I think it's also puts your brain in this relaxed state mm. uh, so for me it's also a really good way to fall asleep to end the day with the three things that I'm grateful for uh, it's the best sleep medication there is uh, I find well that's a personal opinion but uh, yeah it is so what is your final golden nugget that you would like to share with the audience yeah don't wait start now you don't have to live with uh, too much stress and my hope for every person actually is to take off your mask 
right? And really show your true self because the world really needs you, your authentic self, your true self, because only when we are really unique uh, and authentic, then we can show our gifts. Uh, we can see them ourselves and we can show them to the world. So uh, don't live with the stress. Um, and um, yeah, enjoy the process in the meanwhile. So where can people reach you or find you if they want to know more or if they want to start practicing EFT with you? Yeah, so they can always give me a call or send me a WhatsApp or email. Uh, actually, it's huda.lamp.com. It's my website. It is currently now under construction, but um, uh, you can uh, email me at info at huda.lamp.com. And uh, you can also give me a ring if you're interested in working uh, with me. Thank you so much. Anything else you'd like to share before we close? Uh, I would just like to thank you. Thank you for uh, this pleasant moment. I really enjoyed uh, this conversation. And uh, yeah, I've just uh, hope I've been to some value and um, given people hope in these uh, difficult times so uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely thank you so much Uda, and thank you all for listening this was all for today's episode i am rosaria and i'm committed to bring more happiness into the world one customer and one employee at a time by empowering companies to achieve growth productivity and profits through happiness if i can be of any help or support for you or for your company with my advisory keynotes sessions or training programs i would love to hear from you so do get in touch in the meantime keep following our podcast taking care of your well-being and connecting and radiating from the heart thank you all and until the next episode This was the Happiness Contribution Show, available on YouTube as a webcast and on your favorite channels as podcast. If you like the show, we would appreciate if you share it with one person that may benefit from it too. Subscribe to our channel and tune in for the next episode. You can find all the episodes and discover more happiness contribution tips on our website, happinesscontribution.com. That's all for today. Stay happy and healthy and nurture happiness contribution.